Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning together Vayera Revi'i, the fourth Aliyah in Parshas Vayera. The topic of our Aliyah is destruction and reconstruction. Our Aliyah is 40 psukim long, making it a very long Aliyah from Perik Yutes Chafalet to Pasuk to Perik Chafalet Pasuk Dalad. A few basic ideas in our Aliyah. Let's take a look at the summary first. We hear that as this is happening. Lot has been told now he needs to escape the city, and he does so. He's trying to run away, and he goes to a place, a small city on the side called Tsoar. And as the sun is rising, there we hear about this terrible episode, this apocalyptic episode that happens, where Sodom and Aurora, there's, there's sulfur, there's fire raining from heaven, and Hashem literally turns over all the cities of the valley, destroying everything, all growth, in that area, and as this is happening, Lot's wife looks backwards and she turns into an Atziv Melach, a pillar of salt. Avram wakes up in the morning and he goes to the place where he uh, he prays, he goes back to the same place where he uh, prays, and Hashem is now looking over this land which is now smoldering, smoke is ascending, it's completely destroyed. Lot is saved, Lot now runs from the area of Tsar, he's terrified of being near this place, uh, that it may it, the destruction may continue. He goes into the mountains to the caves, and we hear that his oldest daughter believes, and she turns to her, the younger daughter. There's only two; it's only him and his two daughters, and they say, "Look, there's no one else left in the world. They've seen an apocalyptic destruction of the world. They think no one else is left. It's only me, you, and our father." And they decide they they make a decision to get their father drunk and to have children with him. So the that's what happens the first evening. The old, older daughter makes their father drunk, uh, drunk and has a relationship with him the next day the younger one does and they have these children they both are impregnated and they call their children the first one calls her Moav because he um, from her father and the younger one calls hers Amon so I have been Ami the son of my people so these that is the episode number one that we hear about in Aliyah then in the next episode as we begin Perikhov we hear that Avraham now moves to the, uh, to, to the area of the coastal plain to the area of Gerar which is where towards the area of Gaza today the Philistines are living there at this point in time. He, Avraham again says that Sarah is his wife. She is abducted to the palace of the king and Hashem appears to Avimelech that night the king of the Philistines in a dream and says why did you take a, a married woman? Savi Melech and Samir is making excuses. Nobody told me. I didn't know. Nobody said I was completely innocent. And Hashem says, I know you were innocent, but uh, uh, and it is, but uh, I don't want you to sin to me, and therefore I'm not allowing you to come close to her. And the Hashem commands him to return um, Sarah to Avram, and if not, he will die. Avimelech wakes up in the morning and he summons Avram and he says, why would you do this? Why would you put me in this jeopardized state? What would happen if God forbids only married your wife? And uh, and Avram Avram said, look, I I know that there's ain yiraselakimamakamaze. Just what's what's missing in this place is fear of God. And really, technically speaking, she is the, the daughter of my brother, so she really is somewhat a, my sister as well. And and this is how he leaves it. In the meantime, what happens is is that um, is that uh, um, Abimelech says he's welcome to stay, and he gives him money, and he allows him to stay in the, the, the Philistine land, and. Um, and he um, and he gives her a grant of protection. Avram at this point in time prays for the resolution of the um, of the, the sickness, the plague that has affected Avimelech and his household, and, and yeah, because Akash Baruch had again stopped up the bodily functions of the household of Avimelech, and he prays for him. 
We next hear that Avram and Sarah have the blessing of conception. A child is is uh, is created, is conceived, and um, Sarah becomes pregnant. And that year later, as what the angel had um, prophesied, um, giving the prophecy of Hashem, a child is born, and they and Avram calls him Yitzchak, as he was commanded, and gives him the circumcision, the first child to be circumcised at eight days old, as we learned at the end of Parshas Lech Lecha. So a few basic points to ponder. Going back to the destruction of Sodom, it is interesting what actually happened historically there. Um, just recently there was an article based on a, a paper from some archaeological researchers in the Middle East, and they were puzzled by the following um, problem, and that is that 3,700 years ago there was a there's archaeological evidence of there being a disaster in the Dead Sea area. Right now the Dead Sea area is one of the lowest areas on Earth, the lowest area below sea level. It is the area which grows very little vegetation. There's because of the mineral content, because of the salt content of the sea and the surrounding areas. It's a very arid landscape. But it used to be, there's evidence archaeologically, that it used to be a very fertile area. What happened that changes, changed this? So the, the, one of the arguments that is made is that there, there, there could have been the landing of a, um, a meteor, not a crater that would be created, but there are meteors which explode above the surface of the earth, which can destroy everything in a vicinity. We're talking about 500 square kilometers could have been destroyed by this. We used to have similar episodes that happened over Siberia around a century ago. The, the mounted area, the amount of people estimated killed is between 40 to 65,000 people in this area, in the circle plains around the Jordan. And when such an in- incident occurs, the the experience from a human being's perspective is a conflagration that uh, that essentially melted pottery, scorched foundation stones and several feet of ash and, and destruction debris turned into dark gray matrix. So that's that, that's sort of the experience. And when it's being described in the Torah, this is a Baruch Hu executing something something cataclysmic but from the human perspective this is this is this is what it could also be this could be that Akash utilized some destructive force as of this which yields this arid landscape in what used to be fertile which is where Lot went to very fascinating perspective just to see how history corroborates what we've known for so long as well now why is it that the the wife of Lot turns into a pillar of salt between all other things there Obviously, tourist uh, tur- tourist sites where people claim they found the, the wife of Lot. <laughs> That's certainly not who um, w- w- we don't know for sure where she really is. But why would it be that she turned into salt as well? So it is interesting that the Ibn Ezra and the Bechor Shor point out that the destruction was was sulfur and everything. Gavris or Melach. Part of it was there was salt falling from the heavens. So perhaps she was ensconced because she tarried behind. She was caught up in the destruction of Saddam. That's the most basic understanding. However, Rashi says theologically, there's also an idea here, and that is, is that she, according to the Medrash, was the one who went to her neighbors to borrow salt for her guests and mentioned to them that she had guests. Then, because she sinned through the process of salt, she was punished through salt as well. Uh, Norman Lamb has a drosha in 1974 in Pasha's era called Tradition and Innovation, where he understands salt to be the symbolic idea of preservation. The idea of whether a culture can be flexible or, or um, and immutable, where the, whether there is the possibility of having s- the same traditions and applying it to different situations or just sticking with one model and not being able to change it. His wife looked behind her. She was not able to change and under- adapt and understand that the times called for a, perhaps a very different perspective on the life that she had been leading in her estate in Sodom. That, that, that attitude she didn't have and she was left with the past as well. 
It's interesting, the Sefer Shomer Emunim says that this is also a perspective in self-growth. If we stay like salt and we keep preserving what was and we're not willing to change, then we calcify and we turn into that pillar of salt, we turn into the Aishas Lot as well. Now, why is it that the daughters of Lot named their, their children Ammon and Moab, Moab and Ammon, which really are names which give indication to the act which brought them into the world, which is that they're from their father or their nation. So it's interesting that in the introduction to Igros Moshe Chelek Ches, Rav Moshe Feinstein's um, responsa, on page 15, there's a very um, a chilling story that take, took place a hundred years ago in the year uh, 1921, in which Rav Moshe was in um, Eastern Europe, and one of his, the people in his neighborhood grew deathly ill and had a terrible a terrible affliction which affected their tongue. His tongue was swelling up. Nobody knew what it was. Rav Moshe went to do Bikrocholin to visit the individual and he asked everybody else to go out and he explained that the other day he had asked this question. He had said, why would it be that the daughters of Lot would be so unembarrassed, so unashamed to name their children after the act that brought them into the world, that they had had the children of their own father, couldn't they be a little more tzanua and modest in naming of their children? That night, he had a dream, and in the dream, two elderly, very, very modest women came in front of him in the, in the image and said, we are the daughters of Lot, and we are coming here to tell you that you spoke unbecomingly of us. Because the reason why we did this was because if we had named our children anything else, we could have created our own religions. We could have claimed, like many others did over the course of history, immaculate conception that this child came from nowhere. But we wanted to ensure that people would know exactly where the children came from in order to av avoid the concern of out of the cataclysm of destruction the Messiah is born. And the man actually, upon finishing telling the story to Rav Moshe Feinstein, turned over in bed and died. That was the end. He was going to face Din Vecheshman as the as the as the the daughters of Lot told him. So one has to be very careful when reading and appreciating these ideas. Now the question is, why is it that Avram moved to Gerar? Why right at this juncture does Avram Avinu move towards the west, towards the coastal plains, We're moving away from Hebron? So the Arbabanel presents five possibilities. He quotes Chazal who say that the stream of guests decreased because he's no longer in the center of travel. He has no people coming from the valley, the Jordan Valley anymore. He has to find a new place to host guests. Chazal has another suggestion that he quotes. This is the second suggestion that Arbabanel brings, that he wanted to distance himself from Lot because Lot had given himself a very bad name over the incest and having children from his daughters. So he wanted to move away from him. Third possibility that Abba himself raises is concern for collateral damage. Like Lot wanted to distance himself as far as possible from that terrible cataclysm, so too Avram as well. Fourth possibility, he says he was concerned about the downturn in the economy. There's no longer trade. There's no longer people coming. How, how is anybody going to be able to make it? And finally, most profoundly, he says that Avram had just been told that he's got a new name. Remember the end of Pasha's Lech Lecha? He's now called Avraham, Avhamon Goyim. But it's hard to build a new name in an old place where he says, Oh, I remember when I saw you grow up. I remember when you were... No, Avram now had to move to a new place where he could establish his Avrahamness. He could establish his new personality, and that's why he went to grow. This is what the Barbanel suggests. One last question on Aralia. Why is Avram Avinu playing, praying for Avimelech? Why is that juxtaposed and precedes immediately the conception of the, his child Yitzchak? So the Gwari Baba Kama Daf Tzadi Bezim Alev tells us a very beautiful idea that there's a rule that anybody if you pray for your friend your friend needs exactly that matter then you are going to be answered first a very beautiful rule and it's learned from here Avram Avinu prays for the bodily functions of Avimelech and his family to, to work and he and Sarah are able to conceive a child this miraculous conception right now why is this? How, how, how does this work exactly? The way I understand it is the following. 
And so when a person, when you notice that somebody else is in need of something and you pray for it, you care so dearly, de deeply about them, you've changed yourself. You become a more deserving person for three reasons. One is become more of an empathetic person. You become more of a Rachman. And you're asking Akash Baruch Hu for Rachmanus. That's, that's the greatest way to get it. But there are another two aspects and that is because you are, you are also confirming in your own perspective. You are, um, you are accepting the idea that HaKadosh Baruch has two systems that work in the world. Number one is Tefillah, that your words make a difference. And number two, Hashkocha, that HaKadosh Baruch runs the world in every detail makes a difference. And the fact that you were privy to the information that another person is suffering, the fact that Avraham Avinu was in this particular place at this particular time, was not by chance. By praying for Avimelech, he is ratifying both Hashkocha and Tefillah, and he's also expressing empathy. That makes a person deserving that those Tefillahs should be answered first. With this, we close the fourth Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.